0: Hi everyone, welcome to The Athletes Voices. Today I have a guest, Alessia Atsch. Thank you for coming. No, thank you for having me
1: here. You're I appreciate welcome. it. So, you are a runner? Yes, I run track and field and I train for the 400 and the 800 specifically.
0: Yes. So, first of all, why did you choose running as your sport?
1: So. Growing up, I always was very active and tried a different range of sports and I really liked tennis. But when I moved to Canada to finish my high school, because my dad's Canadian, um, winters were very cold and it was not possible to train indoors for tennis. But there was a track team and at the time I also was doing track back in Switzerland. I was doing track and tennis, and so I just decided to concentrate in running, and met amazing people and friends, and then continue doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. So how long has it been since you started?
1: I started when I was probably thirteen, so maybe ten years ago. But it was never very concentrated for ten years. It was just. For fun for a lot of time and then maybe five years ago i started really putting all my energy into it
0: yes um about like your competitions what kind of competitions have you been training for and you went to
1: so i guess i train for mostly the outdoors summer season mm-hmm. but um, when i was in university i competed in the indoor season during the winter because in Canada it's very hard, Um, so we do uh, competitions inside and um, so I'm mainly at the university level and then when I came back to Switzerland always just at a national level Mm -hmm. Um, but I was unfortunately I experienced a lot of injuries and so that got me sidelined from competitions for a long time
0: yeah you you took you touched on that uh, earlier on you talked about like uh reds which yes. is relative energy deficiency in sports mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more how it started and and how is it going now so
1: i had i had no knowledge on what red s was and um when i was in canada before the pandemic i just started training really hard, and um, and I guess I just didn't realize what my energy needs were Mm -hmm. for training that much, and eventually I started just losing weight and enough for my period not to come back, but at first I wasn't really seeing it as a signal, I just thought I had also heard that many athletes, many female athletes go through that, um, miss their periods because they train so much, so it kind of was normalized. And uh, eventually I started getting stress fractures and I think it was just because I just didn't have enough energy for even my body to adapt to the training and function really well. And um, when I had spoken to a few doctors, about my fractures and mentioned that I didn't have a period. It was also normalized, it was just, mm. um, it's they, they just said it's normal. In female athletes it's just normal. And so I never really saw it as something that I had to worry about. But then it got to be two years without a period and then it's a long time. Yeah, And uh, so then I worked with a sports dietitian who helped me understand what my fueling needs were and uh, Get to a better place for
0: hormonal balance.
1: So things are better now.
0: Do you feel like at the time you weren't being seen or heard by uh, Mm. people in the field that being maybe coaches or doctors?
1: I definitely think so. I remember my mom thinking also it wasn't that it was a problem Mm -hmm. that It's not normal not to have your period. And I was listening to also podcasts about how how important it is to have your period as females but as athletes too. And so when the doctor just said it's just a normal thing, it did seem like you were not seen. And um, I knew deep down that it was a problem because I knew my body wasn't recovering as well as it could be. I couldn't train as well as I wanted to, um, and so I, I knew I had to do something about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, do you feel like you have to train differently um, to keep your period? Meaning, do you have like specific trainings at certain mm. times of your period, or um, even like eating? Uh, mm. How do you eat mm. according to that?
1: Yeah, I think. I know now I think there is more talk about um, cycle training mm-hmm. and you you train base a bit more on your cycle. I never really did that. I think it is worth trying to listen more to your body and maybe on your period you're more tired and so you adapt to your training. I think it's important to be flexible. Um, I never really... Did that and I think maybe in the future I'll be much more careful and see the the red flags for me mm-hmm. given that I I've, have history of having a missed period for two years I need to really focus on being able to keep my energy balance quite high and I know that for me is being able to take a rest day and being able to eat enough and I think in terms of eating I I think it's very individualized. Everybody has a different approach, everybody needs something different, but at least I know that my energy needs are quite high, and even on days where I maybe don't train, I still need to eat quite regularly meals and snacks, and I think even just in terms of macronutrients, like even just the fats, I think are very important parts, and especially like a a woman's diet, And often those get sometimes neglected or even carbs. I think for a long time, I thought carbs were...
0: The enemy. The enemy. (laughs) And
1: I just didn't eat enough of them. And of course, I just didn't have enough energy. And yeah, so I I learned a lot.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's becoming more common knowledge. Mm -hmm. Even like health in general for women. But for so many years, like... Uh, even like scientific, how they were like doing research based on men, especially uh, athletes. Yes. Uh, so I think there's a lot of improvement there and it's it's starting slowly, but definitely.
1: Yes, I think there definitely has to be more talk about it because I think in general, society has demonized so- like eating in a certain way and you have to eat this way and that's the wrong way of eating, and sometimes we forget, as athletes, that you can't do what the necessarily general public is doing. So oftentimes, I used to live in Canada with just roommates that didn't exercise, mm-hmm. and I struggle with comparison a lot. So I compared myself to them and what their eating patterns were, and I couldn't understand how why I needed to eat that much more. Yeah. So I just ate what maybe somebody who didn't exercise ate, and it was just not enough. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: and I I think, speaking of comparison, I think um, because you have such a different lifestyle to like regular people who just don't train that Mm -hmm. much, um, definitely your your energy needs are way higher. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you also compare yourself, like what's your relationship um,
1: towards your body? Um, I think it has definitely had its challenges.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think growing up, I, I had a pretty, really healthy relationship with myself and never really thought about it that much. And I was always involved in sports, but never for the appearance, yes. just for the performance and for having fun and all that. But then when I started to develop Red S, I think that's when my intrusive thoughts around my body started to be a bit more loud. And I think that's because given I was not full of energy and I had a lack of energy, there's also not enough not enough fuel for your brain to function well. Mm-hmm. And so I started seeing myself differently, despite me having been underweight. And I think that improves when you start eating more and being more in balance, you start having a better approach with yourself. But for a long time, especially when I was having to gain weight, it's not easy Yeah, um, to see your body change. But I also noticed that I had more energy to just be fun and be a normal human being and more energy to sustain workouts, more energy to recover, way more flexibility with life Mm -hmm. so there's many more positives but I think body image is a struggle for many women and men too but it's not easy in a society where we do we do put a lot more emphasis, emphasis on being slim or muscular or having a certain physique Yeah and when you are not that it's tricky and i think in the runner, running world i also compared myself to a lot of runners yeah and you see them with a certain body type and you assume that you're supposed to be that way um or even when i was underweight a lot of people would say you have the runner's body yeah so i got i got a lot of compliments ah uh, you look like a runner and so it's hard when then you have to gain weight and then perhaps your body changes to remember that you don't necessarily have to look like every other runner on the track. Yeah. And everybody has their own physique, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it's really hard. Um, especially like as you said, like I think men definitely have that too, but women have that way more because it's as if like your value is based on how you look.
1: Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's crazy. It's everywhere, it's in the magazine, it's in the stores, it's even clothing. I find that a lot of the sizes don't tailor to everybody, so yes. And and I think a lot of people even, when you watch TV, Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up with a father that might say, she doesn't look like an athlete. Mm -hmm. So we'll watch TV, we'll watch the Olympics, and... Comments like that of that girl doesn't look fit doesn't look like an athlete and yet she's at the Olympics makes me understand that There isn't one look fits all but I think society does think that To be an athlete you also have to look like one Mm -hmm. You have to have a certain body to look like an athlete and I think that's completely wrong because depending on what sport you do, you might have just different bodies yeah you definitely nowadays
0: um, need to be like way more like physically better because things are getting harder, mm-hmm. but also mentally. do mm-hmm. you have any mental coach or something like that that is helping you with all this like rec- recovery process and also like shifting your mind or did you do mm-hmm. everything
1: by yourself? So I worked with a sports psychologist. Mm-hmm. And she was more involved in helping me deal with race anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I used to stress a lot before a race. And we used to talk about tactics. We used to talk about ways to calm myself down, to just be in the moment and um, get to a race. But in terms of recovery and how to deal with, my body changes or just mentality around food and my body and sports. That was a lot due to like my sports dietitian who helped me a lot and working with a therapist helps too. Yeah. So that's an ongoing work where I used to maybe during recovery see them way more often. But I think it never really stops. So it's a maintenance now work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that's really hard work Mm -hmm. actually too completely shift your mentality to like it's not my body how it looks that is defining me but it's like how much better i can recover what's my performance Mm -hmm. like
1: yes and i think you're right it's just hard when maybe people around you don't quite understand what process you're going on they might have not even understood why you needed to gain weight in the first place Mm um and when around you there's a lot of diet culture messages, it's tricky when you're doing the path that goes opposite to what other people think is right. So I needed to really focus and listen to what my therapist and sports dietitian were saying, and maybe find even resources online of people that were spreading that message it really helped me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you've mentioned briefly your dad and your
1: mom. They both were athletes. Can you Mm -hmm. talk
0: about it a little bit?
1: So my dad was a professional basketball player for Canada and went to two Olympics. And my mom was a professional runner in Switzerland and um, was Swiss champion multiple times. And so that definitely, I guess, had an influence on me and my siblings and how we grew up sports was always part of our life, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think it's not always easy to be in a family that it's so performance-based to do something that's not performance. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense.
0: Do you feel like um, growing up, you felt kind of a pressure to perform
1: perform a certain Mm. way? I think they didn't necessarily put pressure, they always wanted sports to be fun, Mm -hmm. but maybe I put pressure on myself because Mm -hmm. then I saw my siblings achieve what they were achieving in their sport. Mm -hmm. And so as the last child, you do feel like you kind of have to follow the path. And so my parents didn't necessarily say you have to do this. They always wanted us to be active and involved in sports, but always for fun. I think themselves being professional athletes, they knew how much hard work it took. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily want us to do that. But I put pressure on myself, seeing my sister attain what she was doing, my brothers. And so it was self inflicted pressure, I think. Yeah, okay. But it's hard to be the black sheep, I think, of yeah. the family, if you do something different.
0: Because everyone in your family is a professional
1: athlete. So, my brother and sister are currently professional basketball players and one of my brothers played basketball but has now changed a journey from sports, which okay. is good. But it's definitely tricky because even our extended family mm-hmm. will talk about the sports achievement, this and that, the performance, and so it's something I felt a lot, just feeling like I needed to push hard and get my own results. So, of course, I love what I'm doing, but there is part of it that's... A little bit is... Definitely. A little pressure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what, so far, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Mm.
1: Um, I think there are many but I am um, somebody who really tries to pursue their dream mm-hmm. despite what other people might say or despite if other people believe in you or not and um, I think I'm kind of defeating the odds if that makes sense when I was growing up and I was when I was involved in track and field I was never the fast one nor that I have the the biggest endurance for longer distance events. And I think that's, that was just because of poor coaching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The the clubs that I was involved at, they only looked at the specific like, talents that you saw right out of the bat. And I was somebody who just needed to work hard. And so I was just put on the side. And I think eventually I got a coach that really saw something in me. Mm-hmm. And we got to explore different avenues and see that actually my endurance was way better than my speed and so that I was more tailored to longer distances and so I never stopped believing if that makes sense, I just kept going and knowing that I wanted to do it and I definitely got people that said maybe you should change sport, maybe this is not your avenue but I really wanted to do it and so I just never stopped doing it, and I think I, at university, when I was competing, there were times where I competed alone. I went to these big track meets where there were a lot of university teams, but I was an individual athlete. Yeah. And so I'm proud of how I handled those situations where you're involved with, you're you're there with so many teams and you're there alone, and. Yet you're you're competing and you're doing really well, and also I'm proud of like the recovery journey, which isn't easy, and being sidelined from injuries, it's it's hard mentally when you see everybody around you that is achieving so much in their sport and you're just on the side waiting yeah. for your time. So I think I have a lot of patience yeah and I'm, definitely. I'm happy about that yeah and yeah. You, and
0: you should be proud also like, mm. of, of talking about it because. Not everyone talks about it, although it's more
1: common than we might think. Yeah, right? I think so. Especially even missing periods. I think a lot of female athletes might not talk about that. Yeah. Because it is something that is alarming at times. You know, if you say, I have a missing period. it For me, if a runner says that, I say, well, there's something going on there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, maybe some athletes don't want to stop their sport. And having a missed period might mean that you have to change how you train yeah so it's not very talked about at least in the runner's world not enough
0: yeah and and I think going back to the
1: patience thing
0: like it's scary to tell yourself oh I'm gonna change things maybe that means like I'm taking one two three years where I kind of like slow down because athletes also like it's a career where you're very young mm-hmm. you start very young but mm-hmm. then you also like finish
1: pretty young yeah absolutely i think that's the thing it's just i never had that patient when i think when i was struggling with red S, I just wanted things immediately yeah and when i had this injury this foot injury that lasted a long time because my body was just not able to heal I remember one doctor told me, take a year off, a whole year off from running. And I was just, I looked at him and I was like, no, that is not possible. I just couldn't believe he mentioned that. And I did take a year off and it was the hardest year. It was very hard. And I think throughout the year I kept thinking, I'm going to get back to running before a year. I'm going to, I can't hold a year but I did, I trained different ways and it was very tricky, but I think my body needed that year from impact and from running and from that pressure that I was always putting myself. And now I'm back to running and back to training and it feels nice, it feels I am much more grateful even for just simple runs, simple even warm-up runs, yeah. I think I don't take them for granted anymore. But Initially that, that year, is, is mentally very hard and I was doing the bike and running in the water and swimming. Mm. Things that weren't fulfilling me the same way. Do you
0: think it's also hard to step aside when you fully identify as an athlete? Yep,
1: I think so. I felt like I didn't know what I was or who I was anymore. Yeah. And I talked about that to my therapist a lot. I felt as soon as I was injured, I just didn't know what to do anymore because a lot of my days were maybe organized around training. And when you're injured, you just don't know what to do. And it it did make me understand that it is important to have other avenues and other things that bring you joy and that sense of achievement. But initially, it just made me feel like I wasn't an athlete or a runner. Because it felt strange seeing that I run track and field when yet I wasn't running. Yeah. It just felt strange. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, we, I think most people, whatever they're doing, we need to get lost sometimes to
1: find mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's scary though, because you just don't know. It's scary not knowing. The unknown is very uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: But I think now you you maybe have more resilience, right? Like Mm -hmm. you you know that if you have to step aside, you know that you can handle it, right?
1: Yeah, I think I definitely have a bit more self-awareness and even body self-awareness. So when I feel like a niggle come up, I know that maybe it's not worth pushing through. Mm -hmm. Whereas past me was just go, go, go and I have uh, muscle pain, no, I'm just going to keep training. And then it just gets worse and then you have to take more time off. Yeah. So now I have a bit more intelligence and in when I feel pain, I just maybe just switch up my training and just calm down a second yeah, for it to get better. And a little bit more patience and grace with myself. I think before I needed to have the perfect training sessions every day, it had to be great. Whereas now I know that it's not possible there are days you wake up and you're tired and you just you can't do the same thing, you can't push as hard. And just knowing that that's okay, it's normal it doesn't mean that you're going to be bad or you're not going to attain your dreams and goals. It just means that you need to be flexible and okay with maybe that day you give it your 60% and that's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you wish for the future of your career? So mm-hmm. it can be like in next year, like next year, in the next five years, whatever. Hmm.
1: I think I definitely would like in the next year to improve my times and get back to full regular training because with my history of injuries I don't run every day mm-hmm. so just increasing my running days and next summer competing in Switzerland for the summer season and for the next seven years I think I have big goals which might be scary but I think it's important to dream big such as running for the Swiss national team, Mm -hmm. um, going to the Swiss championships, and potentially being part of the Swiss national team for the relay in international competitions, I think I would really like that. Yeah, love that for you. And uh, <laughs> this year I'll be training with a team in London. yeah, so it'll be fun to train with the uh, other people and another country..
0: Yeah. And um, for any girls that mm-hmm. would be listening, or even boys, who knows, mm-hmm. uh, listening to the podcast, what if they're dreaming of doing that, what would you tell them to, what would be your advice?
1: My advice would be to keep dreaming, in a sense, and don't let the people that tell you that you're not good enough or you can't do it you don't have what it takes you're not fit enough you're not that talented runner or athlete just keep keep at it and I think it's important to follow really what you want and regardless of what other people say and I think eventually work pays off if you work hard it will pay off it is impossible that it's not it's just it has to pay off for you and I think it just you need to keep going and for female athletes I think it's important to remember to fuel for your sport and for life. It's important and I think sometimes we neglect nourishing ourselves because of fear of our body changes and I think especially female athletes they need a lot of food <laughs> and they just need to nourish themselves and have energy. And with regards to injuries, that they are normal in athlete's worlds. Unfortunately, when you train hard, eventually you get injured. And know that it's just, it's a time that will pass. It's horrible, but you'll get through it and you'll be stronger on the other side, really. Like I've learned a lot through injuries and I wouldn't take them away, in a way, because I've learned a lot, but it's hard, but you get through them. Well,
0: thank you, Alyssa. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs)